grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus. As we begin this devotional time, take just a few moments to enter into the holiness of God. Perhaps you're in a place where you can sit calmly, or maybe you can light candles, or perhaps you find yourself on the go. Wherever you find yourself this day, take just a moment to step away from the busyness and distraction of the day. Take just a moment to listen to the sound of your own breathing. Breathe in and hold the gift of God's Spirit there. Then breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. Each time you breathe in, notice how God blesses you with each breath. And each time you breathe out, notice how that blessing of God is also for the whole world. Breathe in and breathe out. As we begin this time of Advent devotion, no matter what's going on in the world today, or in your own life, know that this day, now, in this moment, you join with Anna, Simeon, Zechariah, and all God's people in being a recipient of God's tender mercies, dawning from on high, giving light to you when you sit in darkness, and guiding your feet into the way of peace. Today, December 6th, we read together the 6th chapter of Luke. And here now our focus reading from chapter 6, verses 20 to 31. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you, on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in the day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. And woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. And woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you, I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Then Jesus looked up at the disciples and said, The curious thing about Scripture is that it has a depth of meaning for our interpretation with who is being addressed. 
Certainly in this passage, Luke is meaning the group of twelve that Jesus has just chosen as his closest companions for his ministry from Galilee to the cross. The words that follow, known in Luke as the Sermon on the Plain and in Matthew as the Sermon on the Mount, are for them. But they aren't just for them. If we remember John the Baptist's performance art, we too are invited to be players in this divine drama. So these words are for the twelve, but they are also for every disciple that has ever lived, including you and me. How might the twelve, the first recipients of these words, have received them? If you remember, each had just left the life and work, family and friends that were familiar to them, for an adventure the ending of which they could not see. Here come these words about strange blessings coming in ways you wouldn't expect them. Blessings that come when you're poor and hungry and weeping. Blessings that blossom when you're hated, reviled, and excluded. But there's more. There are words of woe. Woe that extends out from even more unexpected places. Woe from being rich and full from laughter and being spoken well of. Even still, Jesus isn't done. We're to love our enemies, bless those who curse us, offer our cheek again when struck, and Jesus goes on and on. One must wonder what these newly minted disciples must have thought, having just left all. Was there an opt-out clause they could exercise? But they aren't the only receivers of these words. They are for all disciples, including you and I. How do you hear them today? Do they sound strange? Burdensome, perhaps. Maybe they are a welcome challenge. Maybe they're a combination of all of these and more. At various times in my own life, I've found them inviting, challenging, perplexing, undoable, and life-giving. However you receive them, though, throughout the Christian tradition, they have often been considered challenging to say the least. What Jesus lays out here in this sermon is hard. It won't always be something we can fulfill, certainly not easily. And it will absolutely make us different from everyone else. But that's the point, isn't it? We are called out of our sin, out of our ordinary, out of our familiar to something different, extraordinary, and new. What Jesus lays before us is not easy. It's challenging. The question before us disciples now is the same as it was to the 12 2,000 years ago. What do we do with this challenge? I find it helpful to reflect on the German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer. For those who are unfamiliar with him, among other things, he helped save Jewish people from the Holocaust and opposed Hitler. And he was hanged by the Third Reich for his efforts. In, this, in his day, many theologians were convinced that the words of this sermon were simply undoable. So they constructed various ways to talk about, around, and under the text 
but always coming around to explanations that didn't involve us actually doing anything at all. In response, Bonhoeffer had this to say. Humanly speaking, we could understand and interpret the Sermon on the Mount in a thousand different ways. Jesus knows only one possibility, simple surrender and obedience. Not interpreting it or applying it, but doing and obeying it. This day, may you hear these words of Jesus' sermon, and may you hear them as words for you. May you hear all the words of this sermon, and rather than explain them away or find loopholes that give you a pass from them, may you instead receive them with simple surrender and obedience. Perhaps today you can resolve to build a practice of doing and obeying them each and every day with each and every person you meet in all of life's circumstances. What might it mean for these words to be the guiding principle that informs your interactions in life, all of them? A practice doesn't mean you do it perfectly every time, but rather that you resolve to continue to grow to these words being the defining way you interact with the world. These words are for you. Hear them, obey them, do them. Would you pray with me? Lord, with your coming, our lives have a greater demand placed upon them. Help us learn the art of active, consistent service while maintaining enough silent spaces to hear your call. Amen.